Hi, friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week, you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos, while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. Okay, so now we're talking about prayer today and our prayer habits and how prayer can help uh, with your stillness and inner peace. Yes. And it's, I love love this is the the top, you know, we're picking the topics in the order of the chapters and we're not even trying to do it. (laughs) I think it's great. (laughs) So after you have divorced yourself from your phone and sort of um, developed good habits in terms of monotasking, prayer is the next step. And we like doing it in this way because um, you can do all of it at the same time. Um, you know, you have to empty yourself before you receive. I think that's sort of like the point here. And if you're constantly distracting yourself with a phone and, you know, doing a million things, it's really hard to sort of get and listen to input and insight. And to me, that's part of what prayer is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and prayer is, is kind of like a form of um, meditation in a way that it causes you to slow down and to focus on something um, and to not be uh, letting your mind kind of wander to a million different, okay, this, okay, that I need to hurry up. And I got to remember this. I got to remember that. It's like, you're focusing only on um, talking to God or receiving from the Holy spirit. So it's a different, you know, moment for you. And you're like, people can pray throughout the day. I mean, you don't need to like create an elaborate, prayer routine. Although a lot of people do like a really elaborate prayer routine and they even create prayer corners for themselves or a prayer table, which I actually do suggest doing that because if you want to have a, like a, just grow in your prayer life in a way that is very intentional, creating a little spot or a little corner for yourself where like, this is your little space. Like this is where I'm going to sit and like read a devotional or pray the rosary or um, just have like a moment of silence where you're going to be listening for God's voice. It's, it's, it's very like, it's an intentional kind of um, setup basically like that. But it was like, really the, the reality is, is that we can pray continuously throughout the day. And we kind of are like, we are with our own internal monologue praying throughout the day. I love that suggestion. And I think, um, you know, because thoughts are energy. So I bring like a non-religious perspective to this. So thoughts are energy, right? So um, even if you're not down with sort of any sort of religious practice, um, anytime you sort of have a thought, a positive or negative thought, it does act as a prayer, right? I think that's a really good metaphor. So again, if you set yourself, and this comes from scripture, if you set yourself on high things, think about high things, that's a, that's a way of sort of directing the mind and the thought to something. And I think prayer, meditation, thought, it all is in the same category to me. But I think a point you make, which is very valid, is spending time to focus energy. Okay, so you're not sort of going through life like to-do lists and you're going from one thing to the next. It's a pause, it's a pause to be like, okay, now I am intentionally sitting down in my prayer room, in my meditation room, whatever that is. And this moment is when I am focusing my energy. And when you're focusing that energy, you're putting it on yourself. So much of life is like, I, I think a good metaphor for this is like, if you're walking down the street and you're, it's a lovely day, the sun is out, it's nice and breezy and you're very relaxed. And then all of a sudden a jackhammer starts 
you go, oh, like you jump. That's a reaction to something around you and that energy affects you in a certain way. And even if, or like a confrontation with someone. So like you have this confrontation, like someone's reached you at a store, whatever, and you carry on through the day and you still feel that. What that is, is other energy. It's affecting you, right? So the purpose of prayer and meditation, I believe, is to focus that energy. If you can feel that energy impacting you, that means that you can place energy other places. So that's, that's great news. It's You're not just able to be influenced by the environment around you, but you can actually place energy other places. So people who are great healers have this ability of placing energy and saying, I'm going to pray for my friend in the hospital. And they're able to pray and focus that energy to incite and encourage healing. So knowing how powerful your thoughts are, you can direct them to yourself, to others. And I'd, I'd love to get in discussion a little bit later on like what's ethical and <laughs> directing energy to other people and in prayer, because it's something I think about a lot. Um, but yeah, I think again, to your point, like very intentional thought processes can be prayer. And just, it's just an ability of you to use your mind, your powerful mind that you've been given to address areas of your life that need fixing. And that to me is what the stillness diet can give you. It can give you that connection back. So many people I see are like when they're Googling a problem they have or like, no, no, yes, the internet can help us like sort of um, lead us in certain directions and can be a great tool. But when it really comes to sort of guidance, don't you want to trust your inner God? You know, don't you want to trust that inner God? And don't you want to be connected to the universe around us? Because there's nothing new under the sun. Everything's been done before. So if you can tap into that innate intelligence, the human experience and sort of one unbroken chain, if you can sort of tap into that intelligence, there's no reason to sort of frantically look for a solution. It will present itself to you through prayer. If you're wanting to hear that inner voice or wanting to hear what people might call that or their conscience or retreat to your inner room. Like if you're Catholic, then you believe like that voice is the Holy spirit speaking to you. And this is like your moment to hear God's voice in your life. And, um, a lot of people, they, they like, I just want God to tell me X, Y, and Z, or I, I just want to hear God speaking to me. And, um, the reality is he's probably already done that. And you were like, nope, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, I already told you the answer and you weren't really ready to accept it. And then you just keep like, no, you know, my will, not your will. Like I want X, Y, and Z to happen. God, like, duh. Um, but God's like, not yet. Or maybe later, or maybe I have something even better. You know, it's like, <laughs> or he's like already convicting you on something that you should change about yourself. And you're like, yeah, no, um, I don't want to do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> but prayer is like, a, it's like a, it can be such like a fluid thing throughout your whole day, or it can just be like also a very scheduled, very disciplined kind of uh, way of intentionally growing closer to God too, by doing all kinds of different practices. Um, for instance, like if you're Catholic, you have tons of options at your fingertips. Yeah. Nine day novenas, there's litanies, there's the daily rosary. There's tons of, you know, rote prayers that you can, you know, find online or, you know, the chaplet of divine mercy, just like tons of that kind of stuff. So I really think with Catholics, the 
the side that needs to get enhanced and that older Catholics in particular, like my generation and older, I would say, um, at the very least, maybe even the generation below me, spontaneous prayer is something that they're a little bit afraid of. Um, ah, <laughs> it's kind of like free flow, like especially <laughs> in front of people. Like that was something that I really had to learn when I was a Bible study leader to not be afraid to just spontaneously pray because a lot of people are like, okay, what am I going to say? I'm going to sound dumb. They kind of get in their own heads about it. And the reality is, is like, if you just let the Holy spirit speak through you, it's like, God is there to give you the strength for all the things that you need to do that you would not have strength to do on your own. So if you, you know, a lot of people just forget to invite the Holy Spirit in when they're doing a lot of things in their lives. And one of them is like trying to spontaneously pray in front of people. So like when I did our Bible study at the end, we would take prayer intentions and then I would just kind of pull it all together into like one large prayer at the very end with the whole group. And at first I was like, oh boy, this sounds incredibly daunting. Like, I don't know how I'm going to go about doing this. I'm going to sound kind of dumb. Like, <laughs> but actually I didn't. And it, it turns out like people, I, some people have gifts for things that they have no idea that they have that gift until the right opportunity comes along. And yeah. apparently yeah. this is one of my gifts that I never had a clue because people are like, wow, you did a really like, wow, that was really good. And I'm like, was it? Cause like, I can barely remember what I said. Like, <laughs> Ah, I love that. I think that's great. That's kind of when you know the Holy Spirit is actually working through you, I think, is because you're like, I don't, I'm not quite even sure what I said, but it all made sense somehow. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I love, I I really appreciate that about the Catholic faith and sort of, I think what's really effective about some of the repetitive prayers and the rosary, it's a really great way to calm the mind as well. And I think we talked about this with sort of monotasking and one of the impacts of monotasking and divorcing yourself from your phone, you might have a minor freak out, like legit. It's very hard to do. And once you start doing it, I think it can create anxiety. It can create a lot of anxiety. And I think prayer particularly is something that you can use to work through the stress you're putting on yourself by denying yourself these ways to numb the multitasking, busy work and the phone. So when you've eliminating those, the reason prayer comes next is because, you know, you can adopt sort of the, the Catholic process of like a repetitive prayer, like a prayer of the heart in Orthodox Christianity is one, right? Or even come up with a mantra that you like and in moments of angst, repeat it to yourself. It's a way, it's a prayerful way of sort of like bringing forth the emotions that you want to be feeling right now. So I play with a few of these, but I don't use this as much as I really should because, and it's not, you should do it. It's a, it's a calming way. It's a way to calm yourself. I think people are confused so much with meditation. Now they feel like, well, well, I shouldn't be thinking, thinking is awful and I should stop. It's really hard to get the human mind to stop thinking because (laughs) it's part of our creation is part of our skill, our benefit, but, but our understanding how to tame the mind is, is I think what a lot of people are struggling with and prayer and specifically the Catholic tradition of prayer can help that spontaneous prayer, I feel like is something else. And again, I'm not religious. So this has nothing to do with God or the Holy spirit or anything, but I think what it has to do is sort of like letting, letting something flow through you that is a good intention and understanding that that information that's flowing through you might not even make sense to you, but it might resonate really strongly with someone you're with. And it doesn't even have to be in a prayer setting. It can be like, you know, you're at coffee with a friend and, and you just start 
randomly talking about something and really seeing her in that moment and wanting to provide a perspective and you see their eyes widen like whoa and you're like whoa why am I saying this like I think it's that same moment where you're you're tapping into intelligence that's not coming from you you're channeling from somewhere else and I think that is a really fun flow state to be at because you're going with the flow you're like going the flow you're keeping yourself open while still being protected which I think is an important point like you have to clear out all the crap right you're you're clearing out all the phone stuff, all the, you're clearing out the energy that is not yours, the jackhammer sounds, the confrontations, that's not from you, right? Get that, clear that out. And if you have good prayer, I call it like prayer hygiene or meditation hygiene, you're, you're every day bringing your energy back to yourself, cleaning out other stuff that you sort of pick up through the day. You can really stay in that flow state and have exciting moments where you're like, cool. I'm like, but just like your moment at the prayer group, like, I didn't even know I could do that. Like, it's just, you have these moments of like spontaneous insight and they're exciting and it can really help you on your journey, wherever you're at on that journey. Well, I think, um, going back to your point about kind of trying to tame our mind, (laughs) like a lot of anxiety is like these continual thoughts that you have, or a lot of what's like kind of robbing your inner peace are these like repetitive thoughts, these like worst case scenarios that might be you know, commandeering your mind and you just feel like you can't calm down because you're so concerned about X, Y, and Z, these kind of repetitive thoughts. And so things like the rosary can be pretty amazing tool for anyone that has anxiety, because not only are you praying um, a set of memorized prayers over and over again, but you're also being asked to consider these different mysteries of the rosary. So like, for instance, the joyful mysteries would be you know, the annunciation of the angel Gabriel to Mary. So like for that whole decade of the rosary, you're supposed to be not only doing your prayer, but you're also thinking about the mystery of the rosary. So it's your brain is kind of forced to stop thinking about itself because you're not only, you know, focusing on physically saying a prayer, but you're also focusing your brain on something completely entirely different. And it's like not a big surprise that a lot of people, if they do their rosary before bed, they'll fall asleep because this is like, like a perfect technique to, you know, um, pull yourself out of your own repetitive thoughts and your own anxieties. So I think a lot of people find peace and joy and just like real connectedness to God and just happiness in life by doing this daily rosary. It's like when people start it, they're kind of amazed to see, cause it doesn't take that long. It's like 20 minutes. It doesn't sound yeah. like much in the course of things. And we've already talked about like our reality check about our phones and how much time we're yes, spending indeed. on our phones. So like when you, when you think about putting aside like 20 minutes a day to do this, you know, and other people suggest doing like, um, We'll do like one decade when they get up in the morning and then another one at lunch because there's usually there's five. So like you can spread it out throughout your day. It doesn't have to be all done in one chunk. So a lot of people do it like when they're doing the dish, like, of course, chopping vegetables, which is our internal example. When you're not, you would not be monotasking in that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, I think you hit on a really good moment, too. So it's like, you know, give give prayer and meditation the respect it deserves. Do not multitask. <laughs> Don't. Like, I think there's something to be said, and and this is this is not to say that when you monotask, sometimes um, it can be a very prayerful, joyful experience, right? So, like, you meet these people that are like have been janitors for 20, 30 years of their life. And, and it's like, oh, you know, how do you like working here? And they're like, well, I don't work here, I work for God. 
Like they literally find so much joy in whatever they're doing. It might look to you like a really mundane task. Like, Oh, how'd you like to do wipe this floor every day? But it's like, they do it. And think of like a monk, right? A monk sweeping. There's a reason why you see a link between a monotask activity and a prayerful, joyful state. You can't like the one way to achieve that state of simplicity and clearing the mind of the ego and being in connection with something greater than yourself. But at the same time, it helps to build in your life pockets where you are literally praying, just, just praying. You are sitting there, you know, or just meditating. And I think, um, the one thing that I would love to talk to talk about a little bit now is sort of like how you build this practice. Cause I think Bridget, you're going to have a lot of good suggestions for sort of like a prayer practice. Um, I have my own thoughts in terms of, you know, the non-religious, I think I'm happy that meditation has become such a thing because it's provided people who are not religious an ability to tap into the same universal knowledge that we all have the ability to sort of like seek if we want to seek it. But at the same time, I think it's really confusing for people because it's like, oh, here's a right and a wrong way to do it. And I see that. And I've, I've definitely experienced that in the Christian community with, when it comes to prayer, like there's a right way and a wrong way. And um, sometimes I feel like you just have to find the way that's right for you. I think that's key here and really would encourage people to set up a practice that you actually will commit to. It doesn't really matter the length, the time, where you're at, as long as it's working for you. And it's something that in my view, you just end up doing and you don't have to make time for anymore. I think you hit this sweet spot with your, your um, practice when it is no longer something you think about. It is just something you do. It's just sort of like, okay, kids are off to school. Now I sit down and I do my prayer, I do my meditation, I do my whatever your practice ends up being. So like finding time and making it, that's, that's when I think, you know, you've found something that fits your lifestyle and your, the expectations is just like, it just becomes like eating and showering. It just becomes part of what you do in your process through the day. Well, I mean, we do actually have a post about it on olivebranchmom.com kind of it's, it's focusing on 10 easy ways for moms to pray intentionally throughout their day, which I mean, there's a, if you are somebody that really, cause we're, I mean, the Bible's asking us to pray constantly, basically. And the idea of doing that constantly, you're like, oh, geez, wow, that sounds overwhelming, but you're actually having this internal monologue going all the time. Like they even say atheists pray without even realizing they're praying, you know, because this is like your own internal discussions and God is privy to that, right. Or whatever you believe for your higher power. So while I do really believe it's important to have a chunk of time set aside for dedicated prayer, even if it's only five or 10 minutes a day, I really do think embedding it throughout your day and making it part of just the fabric of your life. So it's so natural and such a, just how you're living is the real key to fully abiding and fully feeling this peace of God and this, this presence and the strength that you need to get everything done, but you really can't do in your own strength. So like, for instance, um, I know we're talking about monotasking and that's like a really good way of pulling you into the moment and helping you focus. But I really do think like if you, are past the point of immediate crisis and willing to, you know, do more than one thing at a time in a calm and decent way. I really like listening to uh, like worship music or even playing um, prayers, like Catholic prayers, like litanies or the rosary or whatever audio versions while I'm doing things. And that's like a really kind of nice way of, you know, 
is sharing that with your own kids too, is just having that on, on the background, because it's like this, effect, like every little thing that you do, not to scare you or anything like that. If you're a new mom, <laughs> you'll see that like these little things that you are witness to are participating in, they set like a little nugget in your child's brain and they're absorbing things. Like they're absorbing their own things and they're choosing to keep and discard, keep and discard, like depending upon what you're presenting them. So whatever you've got going on in your home, you're setting a tone, you're setting a mood, you're setting a future tone and mood for your own children to kind of pick and choose from in their future lives. And, you know, this stuff is affecting them in the moment, but then also will be kind of planting a seed for them in the future. So I like having things around the house like that, like um, printables or pictures or statues and, and things like that. And then like a visible little prayer space because we have that we have our own like prayer table in our dining room where I have um, a candle and some fabric that's the liturgical color of the of the season for the Catholic Church so like right now it's uh, green I have a little green cloth underneath our prayer candle and um, next week is uh, Ash Wednesday so we'll be switching it over to a little purple cloth and we're gonna you know light the candle when we pray, because when you light the candle, it reminds us that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So we are letting that, it's like part of being really intentional about your prayer. Like here, I'm Mm going to like sit down here. I'm going to light my candle when I read from the Bible or when I'm going to pray, things like that. So like, those are like little habits that you can show your kids are just, they're super easy to incorporate into your life too. It's like, Oh, candle. we have candles everywhere. Like we can have one, especial candle. Yeah, I love that. And I think a good, um, so a good contrast for like a non-religious home would be um, have activities that you do that you turn into prayer or some sort of, if you're uncomfortable with word prayer, some sort of, I think, I guess, statement of gratitude, positivity, whatever, whatever it be, or lament, they're all types of emotions, right? So like one way is like when you're putting your shoes on before you leave the house, or when you come back to the house and you sit down on the bench and you're taking your shoes off here, think of um, moments, a transitional moment. As you sit down on the bench, really feeling yourself grounded into the earth, your home, this is your space, like making that intention, right? Saying that prayer, um, you know, having that sort of like feeling go through you of like, this is my space now. I've shaken off everything outside and here I am in my home. When you're washing your hands before a meal, there are just opportunities to sort of take a tiny pause, just like finding those little moments to pause. Um, When you get in your car and you start your car, before you turn on your seatbelt, turn on the radio and pull out, pause for one minute being learning to be less reactive learning to have moments of that's like you said spontaneous senses of like here i am in this life in this world it's a tuesday at 11 o'clock or whatever whatever it is and just like building in those tiny moments to be a little bit more reflective and not taking yourself out of autopilot and just like having that moment um taking a bath taking a shower when you're grooming yourself like here are other opportunities to sort of really build in moments of that gratitude, build in moments of sort of like that spontaneity of emotion and what's going on in your life again, and not sort of rushing through things, being fully present. So I I find if you link it to a certain activity, um, it's usually, usually it's something that you end up sticking to or making it a big production and telling everyone around you, I am now going to meditate and I enlist all of your help and making sure that I'm making time for my meditation. That's another really powerful way, right? We've talked about the buddy system of like enlisting help and 
there's so many different apps for meditations and prayers. And what I will just share about this is I think they can be helpful to you, but just, just don't underestimate your own innate intelligence about what might work. Right. Um, I think there can be so much reliance on the phone. <laughs> Again, like, don't be afraid to step away from it. If you're just starting out, you want to do a guided meditation. You want to sign up for like one of the popular apps. Fine. That's great. Maybe you want to sign up for a meditation course. You want to learn from a teacher very much, very similar to how like you would go to a church and sort of learn from like, you know, learn different religious practices from a tradition. I think that's fine too, but like pick something that you think you can stick to, right. That's within your budget. First podcast episode, we talked about our phones, but we really talked about being in control of them and not having them control us. So like what it's like, this is how one way that you can let your phone work for you is to set up prayer reminders. So like you would put an alert on your phone at a certain time every day, repeated alert to remind you like, just to like, Hey, by the way, God's still around, even though you're not paying attention, (laughs) you know, it's like, we are so into our own minds and our own moments. Like this is, or think actually not even being in the moment, we're thinking about what just happened and what's going to happen. Right. Instead of being in the moment. So if you like, for instance, I have a, a reminder on my phone every day at three, and that reminds me of, cause that's the, the traditional hour that, um, Catholics would pray the divine mercy chaplet. So like, I, I just have that as my moment to say, Jesus, I trust in you, which is part of that chaplet. So it just reconnects you immediately in that one little moment, just through an alert on your phone, you know, like, Hey, you know, yep. yeah, just a little, yeah, a little reminder. And maybe in that moment too, you're relaxing your body, make like what's going on with me right now. Just like a check-in going on am I upset about any like just checking in really quickly relaxing the shoulder the shoulders up relax you know what I mean just like well oh. and don't get me wrong there's many days where I just swipe it away because I'm busy <laughs> <You know? laughs> but more times than not you know I do you know actually use that time to reconnect it's like we, we can't be too hard on ourselves like we need to remember mm-hmm. that like this is a process, like everybody's on their own little process of their journey. Like a couple of, like, I don't even know, five years ago. I mean, I I did things completely differently and I would have to say like, I'm a much happier person. I'm much more at peace and much more connected to God now, since I built in all these different changes in my life, because I started, um, I have my adoration hour at church too, which is like my set aside time. Like I'm going to be going to church, to the Adoration Chapel every week for an hour, bare minimum. Like this is on the calendar. This is what happens. Like everybody knows that I'm going to be going and doing this. So that's like part of letting people know, you know, like this is my time that I'm sacrificing. I'm dedicating. I'm, I'm, it's, you know, like it's on the calendar with, this is going to happen. It's not, I have to be there because I have a, like, we have a schedule and someone has to be there. And, um, I have an adoration partner. So like, if one of us can't make it, then we just let the other one go. But we, if we can't either one of us make it, we have to get a sub. So I'm like, this is very scheduled and very important. So this is our time to be in Christ's presence through the blessed sacrament. And man, that has really changed my life dramatically and my closest to God and people, all over the world are doing this in the Catholic church. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And so like, I think letting your family know, like, Hey, I'm going to be doing this at such and such a time every week or every day, you know, it gives you a little bit of accountability on one hand and also like raises the awareness of your family members of like your own witness of how you're experiencing your faith. 
talking a little bit is I think we talked about different techniques and the way we, you know, can fill this in. What about some of the benefits? And I'm wondering sort of if you could share or willing to share moments where you felt you received something and how that happened. Because I think um, tangibly people are like, I get it. But I think sometimes that we don't know how subtle the still voice can be. It's extremely quiet. And, and um, I think highlighting some experiences of ours um, can be helpful. I think, I think some people honestly are waiting for a moment where like the picture comes alive and comes off the wall and is like, you must repent. My experience is that it's absolutely not like that. It's a lot more like love and it's a gentle, it's so small and it's subtle. And a lot of metaphors are used, right? Because the way that energy commutes, communicates to you is not the way that you and I are talking. It's not like, Amy, this is what you should do. I will say sometimes I do hear words, spoken words that are in my mind, or I can hear the, almost like a voice in my head, but I know it's not me. So that's just, an, but that's rare. Um, usually it's a thought, a feeling, or emotion, or even a metaphor, or throughout a synchronicity that I'm noticing in my day. That to me is the receiving part of prayer. And I just want to have a little discussion on that because I think it's very, I think people um, can have very high expectations for what spiritual experience is. And I think talking yeah. about that really can normalize it. So people are like, oh, that was a sign. And it's like, sometimes we just get past it to your point. Oh God, it, it's a still small voice, right? That's what it says in the Bible. It's like a whisper, but like people need to pay attention to what's going on in their lives and what other people are saying or doing or presenting to them. Cause sometimes you'll have three or four different people say the same thing to you that, you know, like this is God kind of nudging you like, Hey, you know, this, I keep bringing this up. It's like, Oh, look, there's this book. I just caught your attention with over here, or this picture just caught your attention is all the same message. And you're like, Oh, what a coincidence, but it's not a coincidence. It's, these are like our own little ways, uh, ways that God is trying to reach us in the world around us. But then also like to speak to my own personal experiences with feeling the presence of, of God, especially like I've had these moments when I've been in the adoration chapel, which is like silent, you know, supposed to be silent. So in these moments, you can really focus and you can really, um, your senses are kind of heightened too, which I think is a wonderful thing. It's like people disregard the incredible importance of having moments of silence in their day because it's really impossible to really let, enter into true contemplative prayer without silence and giving yourself a chance to, to be quiet. So it, when I've been in those kind of situations, I feel like it's, it's kind of like a warmth or kind of like an internal hug that I felt like this sense. It's like a welling of joy is kind of the feelings that I have experienced. And it doesn't happen. I mean, it's probably happened to me like three times now, three or four times. And like throughout, <laughs> you know, my, my adult life where I've noticed like, Hey, this is, this is that love of God that he's trying to share this joy, this amazing sensation like that. Those are the experiences that I've gotten that I'm like, wow, this is just absolutely incredible. Cause it's just a taste of the little bit of the heaven that we're going to experience when we're in, you know, after we pass away, it's like these glimpses of heaven and glimpses of what God's love truly all, all is. It's like, so all encompassing and so incredible. It's like, he 
like think about if you're a mom, which you probably are besides us. And if you're listening to this, you're probably a mom. So think about like the love that you had for your baby when it was first born, that like incredible, like looking at your, this creation that came out of you and you're like, Oh, I love you so much. Like God is looking at us and like feeling the exact same way, you know, just delighting in us and people forget about that because depending upon their religious formation or their experiences with the world or whatever else, I mean, if you look like in my training with catechesis of the good shepherd, you look at the children, the three to five year olds and their experience with the idea of God. And it's all love and joy and praise and worship. Their prayer is praise and worship. And this is not a surprise because they'll even echo back to you like when you do something good, they're like, good job, mom. Like they're just ready yeah. to praise and worship. Yeah. Like this is yeah. like their space where everything is gratitude. Everything is joy. And then once you get up a little, a little older, six to nine year olds, then you'll start to hear a little bit more petitioning that kind of like, Hmm, thank God, I want you to help me with X, Y, and Z. And then wondering, you know, well, I prayed to not have a nightmare last night and I did. So what happened? You know, like <laughs> they're thinking through things. They're like, well, you know, yeah. God is not going to grant every single prayer that we have. Like certain things happen and certain things don't. Right. I think you're definitely hitting on something in terms of like what it can feel like. And I've definitely, again, it's not very frequent, but I can pick a few times in my life where I felt I, and again, I don't believe this stuff anymore, but I, I felt strongly that there was a presence and it was very loving and it felt very angelic. And again, whatever your concept of angels are, I will just tell you that, that the response to this was like a very dark night of the soul, like very an upset night. And I woke up that morning and I'm like, something is around me. It was the weirdest, craziest feeling, but that's like once it's does not, you're not going to be visited by me. Well, maybe you are on me. I don't know. Who knows? But that is something I definitely was like, this is, this feels very different. That's one example. Another, this is one of probably one of the cooler ones that I've had recently. I was in prayers and a meditation. And even though I'm not a Christian anymore, I love Jesus. He's my, he's my man. He's my teacher. And I was in prayer and I asked Jesus, cause I believe I'm, I was trained evangelical. So I just asked, so I asked Jesus, how can I know you better? And I heard an answer in my head, right. As the second I asked it, it said, you want to know me, know yourself. And it gave me chills. I was like, Whoa, what was that? It was so cool. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I totally just talked to Jesus. It can happen. You can talk. I'm like, it's true. Oh my God. It was like, such a crazy experience and very affirming it was super affirming. It was like just one of those chills up your spine moments where it was like, this, this is true. This is like, you can really reach out and have, if you ask something, you will get an answer. And I don't know why some get answers more than others, but in that moment, I felt like my prayer was answered immediately. The second I asked. Well, I mean, it does say in the Bible and what people don't realize is it says like, pray for things and I will give it to you. But it's like, uh, I will give you what's in my will. That's what God's saying. Like, what is in my will for you to grow in holiness, to be happy, to be closer in relationship with God? Like, those are all things that are in God's will for you. So he's willing to grant that. Like, that's a prayer that'll get answered. You know, and people like, if I'm praying that tomorrow I get a good parking spot that may or may not get answered. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what are, what's in God's will for you and what's in God's will yeah. for your life. And that is what gets, an- gets answered. And, and like, there's people, you know, if you were anything like me and there's like a lot of people that are like this too, where like you had this lofty vision of God as like that man on a, 
in heaven on a cloud with white hair, kind of like Moses in the Ten Commandments, kind of like an Old Testament. And also can't be bothered with your everyday concerns. You really only need to come to him for like the big stuff. Like if you have little things, he doesn't care. Like we don't want to bother him with that. Like that is like the prayer like <laughs> vision that a lot of people have of God that are like of my era or older, where it's like, they, they forgot all about his living incarnation, which is Jesus. Like Jesus came and showed us exactly the true essence of God, like through his teachings, his parables, his actions, his very self. Like this is the real essence of God, like on earth came in human form. He's like us. He came to suffer in her bodies and experience everything because he so loved us. He's like, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to become human too. I'm just going to feel what they feel. I'm going to do what they do and just grow in even more love for them because now I have come down and become like them. So like, it's just a really fascinating idea to consider like, what is the Trinity? What is God? Like, what is Jesus? It's like, he wants us to ask these questions. He wants to us to experience this and wants to like us to grow in knowledge. This is why we are here to grow in holiness so that when we are in heaven and everything is finally revealed, the whys and the realities and whatever else will, you know, we'll be ready for that. And, you know, we're just, it's kind of like when you have difficult things in your childhood and your parents are like, well, this is going to build character. Well, that's exactly like, sometimes we're going to struggle through certain things so we're not really ready to have the other things that God is intending for us. Like we have to be in the right place and the right time. We have to be in the right place. And yet again, you can't fill a cup that's filled. You have to empty first. And um, by your, by seemingly not having control, then you'll have control because you'll put your, um, you'll put your trust and you'll put the word faith, I think can mean a lot of things. But I think when you are going with the flow of life and you're able to sort of release and relax and, you know, get the mind under control, you can start receiving. You can finally start receiving and know yourself better. And I think, again, that can be hugely beneficial to you. And I think part of, again, what the stillness diet espouses is that sort of way of living of like, you know what, we've tried this other way. We've Netflix ourselves to death. I've tweeted myself to death and I'm still no happier. In fact, I'm more confused, right? So it's like not putting... What I love about um, a section of scripture talks about not placing your faith in the world, right? And I think what that means is that this social world, which I look at social media and I'm like, this is our ego. It's not bad or good. It just is what it is. But the ego is, is what it is. The ego is not intelligent. It's not. It's all about survival and fear. So yep. it's like, that's the type of thing you need to release from. And by releasing the ego, I think, you know, using it when you need to, but by releasing it. You can, you can live your life a different way. And again, it's going to feel extremely counterculture, but there is no one more counterculture than Jesus. And that's why I love him so much. You know what I mean? That's what I loved about him. I think there have been others like him too, that have really shown us like, oh no, no, I marched to a different drummer, right? So like, I do not follow what all of you all, what y'all are following. Come with me, live lightly and freely. And it's like, yes, I want that. I want that. I've always wanted that. So I think it can really help you if you do in prayer, want to call on a being of a higher power, whoever that is for you, you can do it. They will answer. And I think that's cool. And if, you know, cause you know, we espouse Jesus on this one only because that's who I know the best. That's my tradition. Um, but there are others I think that can really help. Um, what I love about the Catholic tradition is like calling on saints. I love, I think that's the coolest thing. 
the cool well, thing. People are really confused about Catholics' relationships to Mary and to saints because yes. they think, okay, um, we're looking to the saint to operate on its own, like as a God. And that's impossible because basically a Catholics believe that saints, these are people that are, are in heaven. We believe that they are with Christ. They're with God in heaven right now. And of course, and Mary is there too, as a mother of Christ. So like, we're asking these, it's kind of like saying, Hey, Amy, would you pray for me? Because I need, you know, this is a difficult thing that's happening in my life right now. Would you, could I have your prayers? Like, this is exactly the relationship that Catholics have with these saints, because we believe, you know, the soul is eternal and these saints, communion of saints, they're up there. They're with Christ. They're, they can pray for us. They are actors. They are uh, eternal. Just like our, I believe my own soul is eternal too. And, you know, people that have passed, they are now able to continue to be a force in our lives through their prayers, through their worship, because we believe that if they're in heaven, they're with God and they're with, and they're in worship when we're in worship of God. Like when we have the Holy Mass as Catholics, we, you know, like people that have passed on, the people in heaven are also participating in this, you know, divine moment. So, but to get back to, um, praying, you kind of were talking about it, the emptying a little bit. So I wanted to share that usually when I get up in the morning, if I'm not distracted immediately by something urgent <laughs> and have a moment of quiet, I like just to start my day by saying, you know, asking God, like, what is your will for me today? You know, I'm praying, help me to fulfill that will. What, what, what do you need me to do today? Like, what can I do today? to help someone or to bring you glory, like bring God glory. Like what, that's what I want. Like, and then you'll see like all these little, what's the word? Little roads opening up these opportunities, these little moments where you can see like your efforts were needed and they're like an effortless effort because yes, it's God is working through you and you've emptied your own ego out of it. You have humility. Like you're saying, this is not all about me. Like what is, what is your will for me today? And like, that's part of the whole living lightly and freely, like being in the moment, not thinking about what happened yesterday, because if you le- listen or uh, read all the, like there's tons of writings of the saints throughout history and like so many commonalities where they're just saying, stop beating yourself up about yesterday. That is over now. Like you are starting fresh today. And we're also thinking like, what can I do in this moment? How can I serve God? How can I serve people? How can I love? Because it says, you know, the great, you know, the commandment of loving others is is so paramount and people, you know, have really struggle. I mean, I struggle with loving others, but like, you know, we love because God first loved us and, you know, we can ask God to help us with that love, to love others when it's a difficult thing. And you'll see like with children, they like just are abounding and abiding and just pumped full of joy and love. And it's just, that's why I love working with like the, the little kids, like the the three to five-year-olds in particular, because boy, do they, they have these moments that are just, just these connection moments where they say the most divine, most, (laughs) you know, amazing thing. And you're like, whoa, that was just really deep and incredible. And then they're like, okay, let me tell you about my Legos now. It's like, (laughs) they like go from like one transition back and forth. It's just so part of the fabric of their very nature. And I think it's, it's, you're definitely onto something. There's a reason why I think in scripture, 
it says, be like the children, look at the children, see the children. Absolutely. Cause we need yeah, to heart- come to God with that yes. same look of, you know, like when you went to your parents and you just thought they knew everything and that you could depend on them because they loved you. And yeah. I think this is like the key thing that people need to think about when they're, cause I know a lot of Catholics are like, how do I educate my children about God? Or if you Christian, you're like, how do I teach my children about God? And like, first of all, if they are between the ages of three to five or under, and also all the way up to six to nine, like, please keep it to the New Testament stuff. Like, do not cloud them with, I mean, you can obviously bring in whatever you want, but like, quite honestly, the important thing is to cement that idea of Jesus first in their minds and the love that God has. And that um, the gospels are amazing for this. Like the life of Christ is amazing for this and focusing on just really simple praise and worship. Like there's like uh, three words that <laughs> apparently are the same in every language. Amen, Hosanna, and Alleluia. Like these are like, you know, words of prayer, words of yeah. praise. So like yeah. just even teaching your children what those words, basic words mean, just a few little, like the shortest scriptures from the Bible that you can find that are just like things like nothing is impossible for God. Like that is something that is an amazing statement that when children hear that, they're like, you know, connect with it immediately. It's like, we do not need to be complicated when we're dealing with the three to five-year-olds. It's like these very simple prayer language, like this, like amen or Hosanna or Alleluia, like they're, they connect with that. Cause it's like, these are words of um, praise and worship that are so simple and so meaningful. So like, as the kids get older, like the six to nine and up, like then they can start to pull in all this other historical information and they can see like the whole timeline of creation, the timeline of the Bible. They can see where Jesus existed in time. They can see like, here we are in our own time. Like here's this blank page ahead of us that we are going to write now with God. This is like our time to fulfill whatever vocation we are given. Like we have a purpose. We have we're, we have meaning on the earth. We were placed here for a reason. We created exactly how we are for a particular reason. Like we are well-loved. We're not mistakes. We're not accidents. We're not, <laughs> you know, it's like we have meaning and purpose and we are loved. And like, this is what I think people want their children to know more than anything, I would say, about having a religious experience or, you know, this is more important than trying to teach your child to say, you know, some complicated prayer. Like it's more important to like focus on their relationship and help guide them because as parents, like we have every opportunity to like just present things to our children and let them take it. Cause like the idea is, you know, they, we have to presuppose that they do have this relationship with God already. Like they're capable of connecting to God into prayer better than most grownups. And (laughs) that can be quite a humbling experience when you see you know, how this all can work in your child's heart and in, in their words. It's, it's pretty amazing and yeah, less complicated, it's better. <laughs> I know I t- I'm totally with you. And I think it's a fitting end to this episode. Um, I think, you know, prayer is such a compelling piece of this is a huge part of the stillness diet. Um, I think next episode is limiting the news, which is very timely. So we'll talk about that. But then after that, um, we get into more about like really getting insight. So we've talked in this episode about like techniques to use and the way we can use prayer. But I think um, when we revisit prayer, it likely will be common blockers. So like, you know, I'm praying for something and nothing's happening or anger in prayer. And we'll, I think we'll talk about all of that um, after we sort of get through the additional steps of the stillness diet. 
because I think people do get frustrated and do have sort of like questions along the way. And if we can sort of treat that as an FAQ, um, you know, maybe using some of our spiritual mama questions, like maybe we structured the um, episode that way to work through common blockers. So like, you know, can I pray for a parking space? Of course you can. <laughs> it's like little things that I think we hear a lot. Um, but I think sort of this is focused on the methods of prayer or meditation. And then we can focus on a little bit later in the series, sort of like, okay, like tangible feedback during prayer. Like how, what does it look like? What are some experiences? What are some common questions? I think that could help people sort of really be able to make it part of their lives and, and move through your relationship where prayer will totally change throughout your life. So just acknowledging how changing it is, that connection. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I have a lovely conversation for you, Joelle, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening.